Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Well, hello everyone. No, I'm not Sherry. This is Elizabeth Phillips. Uh, as you know, the Bluebells Forever podcast, episode number 100, will be airing this Thursday. For the past 98 episodes, you've been tuning in to hear Sherry interview Bluebell girls and those who worked with them. For some of you, it's been to learn about the Bluebells, and for others, it's been an opportunity to slip back once more into the family that was created by Miss Bluebells. For myself and probably others, it was both. So here we are at the 99th episode of the Bluebells Forever podcast. Today, I'm going to interview Sherry, give her the opportunity to share what the podcast has meant to her. So Sherry, welcome, and thank you so much for inviting me to interview you. So my first question, well, it's a statement. I'm sure it all started back at the reunion. I've listened to all your podcasts, so I know that really affected you. Um, and when I think of you there, I think of that few days and your mind was just going mile a minute. So much was happening. But then I picture you on that plane sitting in its daylight the whole way back across the Atlantic. You must have been thinking, is this, is this what you were thinking about? What were you thinking about coming home? <laughs> First, it's such an honor for it to be you interviewing me because I told you, I think we've connected more than... There's just a few of it. I've had like several interviews and then your, about your book. So I was like, I would love Elizabeth to do this because you have a curious mind. And I'm also a person who thinks an image. So even the fact that you're painting the picture on the airplane back, I'm like, oh, I so get you. <laughs> yeah, I, I it really was the reunion because I went to Hello, Hollywood, Hello reunion two years before. And it was just when I started to understand how important this was. And it was, they did a slideshow of our show, but they also had a picture of Miss Bluebell. And I look around, almost all of us were, were, had tears in our eyes. Like, I think I did not know how much I had to be grateful for because of her. She was my first job. I interviewed for her. Didn't really see her much. I had in one of my interviews, you'll hear, like I had a pretty harsh thing. I was signing up for that contract and how Miss Bluebell handled it. It really impacted me, but I didn't really think about it much after. So seeing the gratitude that all of us had for her and the opportunity we had kind of started that. So I started to pull out my photo albums and I started to process a lot of why it mattered to me. And I think I kind of just put that aside. I didn't really talk about those that time. I think I had shame about being topless and it, it was, I started to look for them, like, where are their shows? And I had decided I'm going to go to Europe. I want to go see the, the Lido and the Moulin Rouge just to know that there were shows like that in existence that felt like really important. So the year between that reunion and the one, the Bluebell Global one, I did a little European tour by myself and I had two days, way too short in Paris. And I went to the Moulin Rouge and I didn't find the Lido. I was walking around only two days and I missed it. So I didn't get there, but I just still felt connected to the Moulin just because that's part of Bluebell's history and part of what made our show so great was how things built. So I, I started looking into everything and then the Facebook pages were showing up and then I find people I hadn't seen for years. And it just, it really started to hit me how important it was in my life. And then at the reunion, it was standing in the lines, like how we had to wait to get in because it was a long process for us to check in and just hearing everybody's stories and people who I worked with, I never heard their story before. We all did the same show. You knew a little bit about who they were dating. 
didn't really know what they did after. And so I just, I'm such a story person. Like I love story. I could have just sat there all day, just at the entrance and just asked everybody, please sit and have some coffee and just tell me your story. Cause I, that's a huge part of what I love of community is storytelling. And I don't think culturally we do it very well here. So I think that the thing of a podcast is you have this allotted time to tell your story, usually, you know, with somebody paying attention and get it out there to whoever's interested. If people aren't interested, they're not going to tune into it. But I talk about it all the time now. And it's kind of a joke at my studio. Like, you know, I have a podcast, right? And they go, yeah, yeah. One girl thought for a while when I said bluebells forever, she thought it was blue balls. I'm like, why, why? And then somebody thought I had a garden show. I don't know. Like, it's like, they don't, they don't have the same interest. And now because of doing the podcast and the pictures, there's more interest of like, what are showgirls? Like there's just in my scope of dance, there has not been an interest until I got fanatical about it. <laughs> like every week posting these pictures of these glamorous costumes. So it feels important to me to hear the stories and to share the stories. Like when you, I think you had said you hadn't even shared your story in years. And that just touched me. I'm like, wow, these are things we've just kept private because either no one gets it or we, some people have shame about those days. So it feels like it's redeeming to tell our stories and then to have people go, oh, I get you. I get why this matters or like, yeah, that is kind of a crazy, fabulous life we had that we just thought was normal. And so I think it was just having that family feel of, of like, okay, these are my people, you know, I'm not, I'm not standing 10 feet above people. And also just like we traveled, we did things that a lot of people my age didn't do. And so I think it's just really fun to have that camaraderie of like, oh, we've experienced something similar. But how did that come to be a podcast? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, that yeah, it was, I actually, am a, I listen to so many podcasts, like I, I love them. Uh, I, I listen to, and I listen to too many political ones, which I've taken off my subscription because I was getting so depressed. Um, but I think it is a, the thing of story because I thought I love story. I love telling it. How can I get this out there? And I think I was listening to another dance podcast. I went, oh, I want to do this. But at first I was thinking just a dancer podcast. I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to all the dancers. <laughs> and then I thought professional dancers. And I'm like, no. And it came down like, it's only Bluebells. Like I really, I did several shows with several producers and Bluebells just stands out in a very unique way of who she was, who the, the length of what she did, like how long it lasted and how it affected all the other shows. So that's where it went specifically Bluebells. This is what I want to do. And this also gives me a way to have to contact people and say, hey, you want to talk on Zoom for an hour during COVID? And COVID actually was the launching thing because I had time and you know, we're all stuck at home and I'm like, okay, the stories matter. And then I thought, I'll just try it. And then once, you know, I got started, I'm like, I can't stop doing this. Now, the first one was with Lindsay. Is that the first one that you did? Yeah, I actually, mostly they come out in order, sometimes not because I'm doing a lot of them at, at a time now, but Lindsay was where I wanted to start. And I actually reached out to her because I was trying to think of names for it. And I had like rhinestones or something. And it kept coming back to Bluebells forever, but I had to, I wanted to ask her not put her on the spot. Like, yeah. would that be okay? Because this is, this is, we're always a Bluebell. And she said, yes, because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't taking a name from her and that it, it's because of her that this is happening because she united us all. And it was like, we are all so grateful as you hear in all the episodes, yeah. how many people are saying, thank you, Lindsay, because it, it we keep saying the word magical um it was yeah. well magical <laughs> it 
that's always the word that comes up because it, it was so short, but it was so much. And I think it, it helped validate. It just, it was, it was just to see and to see the show with other bluebells instead of when I went to the Moulin Rouge by myself, that was fine. But to be in the audience full of bluebells, watching bluebells on stage and the, the phrase that she had, once a bluebells, bluebell, always a bluebell that I went, oh, it's really true. This isn't just like a statement. Now, um, next question. I, your daughter does the technical part. Now, would this have been, had she not been able to do that, would that have been a great problem? I mean, couldn't a lot of people do it? Is difficult, the technical work? It's not that hard. I think I have a dance studio and the technical stuff, like I get told, like, you should probably get better at Instagram. And like, <laughs> there's things like that. And sometimes because I have a massage business and there's sometimes I just get overwhelmed. Like I want to do it and then I'll think about it and I'll research it. So when I told her I need to figure it out and she just said, do the part that you love, I'll figure out the technical stuff. And she had time on her hands too. And I don't know if she loves it, but she's super helpful. Like she'll remind me, okay, it's coming out. And like, she's, yeah, it's been great because it connects us in a fun way too, because I will tell her everything about who I interviewed. And I don't know if she wants to know all the details, but I get excited. Like, you know who I talked to today? So it's been a really fun bond. So I'm glad it's her. And I don't know who else would have said, I'll take this on for you. <laughs> well, a big thank you to her. I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but a big thank you to her. Now, I remember when you were um, talking to Athena, she edits hers and you don't. <laughs> Where did that, I mean, I'm delighted you don't. <laughs> when did you make that decision or did, was it a decision? It really wasn't. I mean, if there was like a glitch technically, but when people say mm, or stall, I'm like, that's just how we talk. And so to over edit it, it just felt like it felt really conversational. And I didn't, I didn't know about her until I was already a couple months into it. And then she had Pete Menifee and Lindsay. I'm like, wait a minute, there's another podcast, which found out we had actually talked about it at the reunion. So when I did it with her and she sent me a totally different program and she edited, I'm like, oh, this is a lot of work. And I just, I think it's great that our styles are very different. And I, I, yeah, so I think she will do like three hours of content and get it down to an hour and something. I just look at the clock. I'm like, oh, it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> so we have very different styles in so many ways. Even her um, focus is different than mine, even though we're both doing it around the similar type of dancer. We, we kind of just, and it's kind of grown into that more and more as we've kind of found ourselves of our own style. Yeah. that we found like what our focus is, what is, you know, the challenge and the most fun for each of us. And we're so fun together. Like we did the um, road trip and like things that she'd laugh at me that I do like, and then I'd look at her and like, that's way too much work, but we're just very different in our personality. Now to begin with, did people contact, or you had to contact people to start with nobody. Mm -hmm. So um, how has that remained that way? Or uh, it started out, I picked people that I knew. And thought if they said no, you know, they'd say no. But I started with people from um, Hello Hollywood, Hello, and then Lindsay. And then some people I connected with at the reunion. And some people declined. Some people said yes. And then people would comment. I think it was Jeremy Boucher, which was the first person that wasn't from my generation that said he listened to it all the time. And he's in the current. But I found it. He's he knows everything. He's a historian. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. The leader book. Which is so exciting because it's from him, from the younger generation, but he gets it all the way back. And so I asked him if he would do one. And so it was him and Renee. And then their friends comment. And I'm like, would you like to do an interview? And now 
it's, I mean, it's been a year and a half, but there's, there's more people like I would do it because they were a little nervous and then they listen to their friend and they go, oh, this isn't scary because people, am I supposed to be prepared? I'm like, no, because we never know. We kind of know the format, like where you grew up, why you started dancing, auditions. And then whatever comes up is, oh, is this a prize to my guest and myself? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it is when people, the more people are listening to it, it's, it's getting easier, which right now my daughter and I decided we're going to take off two weeks in December. And I've already got stuff to get me through almost to January because now I'm getting more people saying they'll do it. And I'm like, I just do it when they say yes, because there may be a time like, like I'm going on a cruise ship next week, which I'm super excited. It was a last minute thing. And um, I'm going, I'm going to be on a cruise ship, which I used to dance on a cruise ship, which is fun. And I'm going into Bermuda for three days where I also used to dance. So it's kind of this fun, everything in my life seems to be kind of circling around to this part of my life in all different ways. But on that week, I won't be doing any interviews. So it's kind of nice if I've got a few banked. Yeah. And like, at first I was doing two a week. Cause I thought I'm never, That's there's too many stories to tell. I couldn't like, I couldn't keep up because I wanted to get a hold of everybody. And then I said, okay, I'm also putting extra on my daughter. So like, let's do one a week. And plus people can't catch up. There's some people that listen to them and some are like, I'm a couple months behind. I'm like, no, pre- just listen to it when you can. Or only some people only listen to the ones of people they know. Some people follow the whole thing. Oh, see, I just love Thursdays because I can wake up and it's on my phone ready. I love it. And when I, I love it, morning, yeah. I, I exercise Zoom for my senior center. Then I listen to Oh my gosh, I'm part of your Thursday routine. <laughs> um, I think um, your, your personality is just super for this. This is, this, this is just so, it makes it very easy. Having been interviewed by you a few times, it's really easy to be interviewed by you. I mean, this, oh. I mean that really helps. So yeah. It really helps your guests, I must say. I mean, that's, it's, it's easy. You're very appealing. That's oh, thank I, you. You have a sense of humor and, you know, we're just stop talking. So <laughs> from a guest point of view, that's all very important. Okay. Let's see, where do I want to go? How I, you have a studio, you have a business as well, a different a massage business. I mean, how do you fit all this in? It's I mean, my studio. Yeah, it's a lot. Time before when you only had the two businesses going. My dance studio works pretty well because when I started it, I had two little kids and I didn't want to do a dance school that is with little kids that you're always there. Yeah. So it's adult drop in and I have amazing teachers. So I only teach one or two classes a week. So it's not like the studio where you're teaching all the classes. I have amazing teachers that I should let them just go like I or not go, but let them teach. And then I have an office manager. And so like for this week, I'm going on the cruise. We just ship things around. So I've had so much freedom. So there's times like beginning of COVID, it was hard because we're trying to figure out Zoom and there was things that were harder in a weird way, but I do have a lot of free time. I'm not at the studio every day. And then massage, I I work at a physical therapy clinic one day a week and I do massages all day, but the the rest of the week, it might be four massages. It might be eight. So I have time for this. And honestly, Elizabeth, this is what I wake up and go podcast interview day. <laughs> like I interviewed Michael Rios first. I have you, I, these are the days that get me so happy. So I know I'm teaching tonight. Yeah. I have to have a little bit of time to choreograph, but this is like a priority in a way of like, what's good for my soul. <laughs> what's good for my schedule. Because honestly, I'd take, we maybe spend an hour on the interview. They're getting longer as you may have noticed. <laughs> and, 25 minutes is what they used to be. <laughs> yeah. They've gotten longer, longer. I'm like, Oh crap. That's, that's pretty long. But um, then I, then I just, 
save it. And then I send it to my daughter. She uploads it. And then my thing, my favorite thing is Wednesday night is finding they've sent me the photos and then posting the link and the photos. And that's kind of it. I don't, it's not as time consuming. I think Athena, cause she does so much editing when she yeah. told me how much work she did. I go, I couldn't do that with how, how I am right now, but it is, it does afford it to just like, I'm having a really fun chat for an hour plus loading pictures. Like this is like the dream, especially and then with COVID, it does, it really did seem like the absolute perfect time to do it, to like have something to look forward to, to be bringing beauty and sharing everybody's like wonderful stories. Well, and it did mine too, because like when you start to think, you look at the news, like people are terrible and you go, no, they're amazing. We talk to like every day, these people that make me go, people are amazing. <laughs> Just not in big groups. <laughs> 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 what's what's sort of the unexpected thing i mean you must have had some expectations to begin with of how it was all going to go what's what's what surprised you i think it surprised me of how much it means to me um and how much i love connecting with people and and how i feel so filled up afterwards like i think I'm such an introvert and I've lived such an extrovert life as a dancer and owning the studio and being on. And so with COVID, I realized like, I need to step back. I'm, that's actually exhausting to me, but one-on-one -on, -one on something that I really care about, it, it doesn't deplete me. It fills me up. And so that's like when I am on a high for a day after interviewing someone, I realized this is feeding something in my soul. That's not just like, it's not just loneliness. There's like that deeper connection, which, you know, you can go out in busy world and like talk about the weather and the vaccines or whatever. And just to have a sit down, it just, I don't know. It's just really filled me up in a way that I don't think anything has in this unique way and over zoom and talking to people, like talking to someone in Poland today and someone in England, that it's that feeling like we are feel so divided, like in the United States really bad right now, but to feel really connected around the whole globe because of a career we did for a very short amount of time. It just makes me feel like hope, <laughs> hope of humans, like that we do need connection and that stories are what do it. Has, I mean, the fact in, your, in our world, in our Bluebell world, you used to not be well-known. Now you're really well-known. How has that changed your life? That is so weird to me. Um, Marianne Lamb, who I know, I worked with her, but she's been on Broadway for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And so she was home. She did a um, fundraiser. Okay. Yeah. She was in Chicago. She's that's, in the movie Chicago. She's on Broadway for years. For okay. Yeah. I mean, she's so well known. And so the studio, like the fact that people know that I know Marianne Lamb, you know, there's kind of like that, that next to, and so she came for the interview. She said, yeah, I talked to someone said I was doing this interview. They go, Sherry Lewis, the, the host of the podcast. I went, what? She goes, yeah. Like people know you. I went, that's so weird. Yeah. I mean, because people here know me as the owner of Westlake and that's kind of like I'm the owner, but it's a, it's a different thing to have people that you don't know, know of you, but it's also made it where, um, it just gives me more opportunity to like, how, what else can we do with this to share this story? Cause you know, people are like, you should write a book. You should do that. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel like this is enough, but that feels like there is something else because of these connections that maybe there's these collaborations that we have that, you know, if it's putting shows together or whatever, like how we don't have to do everything individuals so much. Like we know people with different parts of the talent that we need, like my daughter doing the podcast. And yeah, it just feels like, I don't know where it's going, but I know that having it known a little bit more just feels like, 
I'm just going to see what happens. I'm just really open to see if I do this and I'm in the rest home and I'm still interviewing people, <laughs> you know, I'll be quite happy, but it does feel like that, that is, that does help also some legitimacy of people in you know, doing an interview that they at least have heard of it. Yes. Do you, um, oh, where's that going with it? The future, do you see any change? I mean, not, yes. Anything changing in the podcast? Have you got any other ideas? I mean, it's the Bluebell, the Bluebell family. So I'm not so sure I want any changes. But right. What works in your mind? Well, it was, I uh, interviewed Michael Rios today and he was an acrobat. So it was interesting to hear the perspective of the acts of like why they were in the show and how they were treated and what it was like. And, and it was, I have known some of the acts, but I didn't really think like, what was it like for them? So like even doing the, you know, the wardrobe or like Samantha Sage, who was the first female um, stagehand, like, oh my gosh, there's so many parts of this. So I think that if we only did dancers, we would have enough, but there's, there's the other parts. And then I love on the Patreon page, like I I was telling you, we're going to do 10 minute tea time. And I, because of the we want to talk about that eventually the 100th episode of having 10 bluebells on one zoom call with all the craziness the technology and figuring it out i think it was my favorite thing was the joy of everybody enjoying each other and it was like this is the greatest thing so we're going to do a 10 minute tea time and and you can put on fancy hats we'll make little short videos it will be for patreon but that's a part like i want to add that in of like how do we connect each other because i get the privilege of one-on-one with you and sometimes it's two people on one zoom interview but how do we make it where people can kind of like a mini reunion, like we can see your friends that live in different countries and do a little tea time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, That's yeah. I, people that were next to you on, uh, on the bench. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's some of that could be a reuniting that maybe wouldn't happen because as wonderful as the reunion was, there were so many people that couldn't go like financially or, or situation of like health or so many reasons. And so that was even doing the, um, show a road trip with Athena. I wanted to have video for those people who didn't get to go to hello, Hollywood, hello, or go to Paris. Like we're going to take you to UNLV and you can look at the Miss Bluebell scrapbooks with us, or you can go to Karen Burns and see the costumes. Like I think the importance of expanding it. And so if it's going to be more videos, when I'm going to Paris in April, I'm taking my Hannah, who was on the call with us yeah. and you've been listening to her showgirl in training. Of course, yeah. We're going to go see the shows. We're going to, I want to, um, see what gets from on auditions, but I want to go back and see people I've interviewed because that's what the, the showgirl road trip was seeing people I've interviewed and having dinner in their house and having coffee with people. It was so good. So I want to do that in Paris and just like make a video of it and then share that with the people who never got to go back to Paris, like looking at the Lido or like, you know, walking down the streets and seeing Hannah's experience. And then I have all these UK bluebells that have said, come visit me. Well, of course, if I'm in Paris, I have to go to England. <laughs> <laughs> and so I want to see everybody. And then the, some of the Aussie girls, I'm like, I might just have to do a trip every year and see them and do in-person interviews and then just like connect, connect in person. So that's like future wise. I could just, I could just go every year and just go hang out with bluebells and be just happy as a pig in mud. Yeah. Is there anything that's been, oh, maybe I've already asked that, anything unexpected? Oh, I've asked about that. I did make notes. <laughs> You're way more prepared than I ever am. I'm like, so tell me about your mother. <laughs> right. um, oh, I loved your photographs. You've been putting up the picture on your family of the older sister. Yeah. <laughs> How happy I am. 
was not quite sure of her place in the family any longer. Okay? No, yeah, it was like, I didn't want this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the child. <laughs> okay, the only mm -hmm. child. All right. <laughs> um, I am coming to the end of what I have to ask. How are we doing for time? May I ask? We, we have time. We can do whatever you want, Elizabeth. You're running this show. <laughs> what can we talk about? Well, I wanted to talk about if I'm running the show and I can run out questions, unless you have more things you would like to say. Do you have more you would like to say that I haven't thought about? Um, I hope you mention your book. Okay. Um, I can always, I'll mention that at the end. I do okay. something to mention if we've sort of run out of time. When I worked on my book, this is a change of subject. When I worked on my book, I did research in old newspapers. And there was a 19, I'm trying to look for 1953 newspaper. And this 1953 newspaper, a reporter went along to an audition in London, Miss Bluebell's audition. And Miss Bluebell had taken um, a current Bluebell who talked to the reporter. And so this current Bluebell gave uh, 10 hints for would-be Bluebells, 1953. So I'm going to read them. Okay. And then they're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Height is essential. Though Miss Bluebell advertises for five foot six or over, uh, the ideal is five foot eight. Long legs and a shape that will bear close inspection. Good ballet training. Be prepared to work seven days a week for £2.10 a day. Um, be prepared, if you misbehave, to be packed off home. <laughs> Let Miss Bluebell be your mum, your boss, and your friend. Also, let her be the person to tell you what clothes to wear and what makeup. <laughs> Accept the outspokenness of Miss Bluebell in the spirit that it was meant. <laughs> And one more, be prepared to live in Paris among beautiful clothes without being able to afford them. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I, I think that is good in that, um, is it time for me to close now? Can I close? Sure. Can I get, Can I get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> you did great. Okay. Okay, this first time interviewer isn't very subtle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what I see you having, the, the, to round this up, what I see you having done, you know, I see that the, um, I see that the reunions made this connection, um, that we were connected in a family, we Bluebells, and you've just, you provided some glue, you provided some threads, you've just brought us more together. It is just wonderful. And when you, when you hear those rules, the Miss Bluebell, you know, mom, friend, um, choosing, I mean, this is all family stuff. It is very, yeah. very interesting. It's as though we're all still doing what she wanted. It's very, you know, so that's how she wanted to run her business. Very interesting. I, that actually brings me back to your first question about like how it affected me. Yeah. Because I think on the plane, I was so excited, but I was sad that we couldn't have more and that it was over. Because I experienced something that I think I've always wanted. Like when I was in the shows, I felt so much connection, even though I didn't really know that many people there. Yes. 
it was like, but I don't want this to be over. And so the podcast felt like a way to go, okay, these are people I barely said hello to. Now I can, I can have more time with them. So I think it is once you've tasted that again and remember what it was like, it was like, I, I don't want this to be every five years. And I was thinking today, there were so many, you know, so many bluebells traveled and settled in their new countries that we all have, uh, me included, have children that didn't have grandparents close by. So we, we <laughs> like, and you know, being a member of another family. Um, I mean, my parent, my children didn't have, and I'm sure the many of the others, I hear English accents living in Las Vegas. So they did yeah. not have. A lot of them didn't have, the children did not have grandparents around. And so um, we're very, um, makes us feel very warm to be part of uh, this family, another family. Very nice. Um, so I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all you're doing. I mean, first, of course, a personal thank you so much for the times you've talked about my book, um, Have She Normal Travel. I thank you. Thank you for the uh, for all your enthusiasm about the book. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope we have another reunion wherever it is. Yeah. <laughs> is, Lindsay, is Lindsay listening to this? Okay. I don't know, but we. I keep saying telling people like she said she would let's let her rest a little bit and when it's time we will like we know how much work it is and like maybe there's ways we can like even like make it easier or something because I think we all know it's so important I'm really good at being on committees and I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of really good at being on committees okay so I would thank you thank you very much for inviting me here today and to ask you, is there anything that you would like to say that I've not given you an entree to say? Um, well, this seems kind of weird to, to say, but when you wrote me a letter thanking me for endorsing your book, at uh -huh. the bottom of it, you said Miss Bluebell would be proud. Oh, yes. I, I cried. Yes. I just felt like that was such a personal touch and not something I knew that it mattered to me until you said it. And I went, okay, because I feel so proud of being part of that. And so just to hear that made me go, okay, this is, this is beautiful that it's like, I met her once and that this is still important. And it felt like to have you say that, I just want to thank you for making that such a personal note because I, yeah. it, it was like, oh, okay, I'm crying. This must mean something to me. Yes, yes, that we're really, uh, really carrying through everything she wanted us to be. That's like family and yes. mostly yeah. classy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually on the cruise ship I'm going on, they have formal night and I have to dress formal. I'm like, I haven't done that in so long. Can I even wear high heels? Can I stand in high heels? So I have to like figure out what to wear because that was such a thing too. Is like, like you said, you have a wardrobe you can't really afford. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm not getting paid for this job and I'm paying for new clothes to, to put on that. Like I am, you know, going to be fancy for this because you're, you're bringing out this persona that's expected. Elizabeth, thank you so much for interviewing because I, I just love your curiosity and that's, that's like shown up. Like we didn't have enough time on the hundredth, which comes out, but you had so many good questions that we didn't have time for. And so I'm like, I want Elizabeth because you are, you are a woman of curiosity. All right. Lovely to have met you once more. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Once a, what is it? Once a bluebell? Always, always a bluebell. Always a bluebell. Yes. <laughs>